You're listening to 66.6 FM Radio TOVH The Flush Well hey there everybody, it's me Joe Thrash and Kill You're listening to another thrilling episode of the Toiled of Hell Radio Show Joined today of course by the Golden Boy The 365 Days of Horror The Jordan, the Jordan how are you? I'm hanging in, how are you? Uh, you know, I'm doing okay. What's, uh, what's, what's got you down? What's, what's, what's dragging your weight? Just going to wave my hands in the air and just generally point at everything. I mean, that's, I guess that's fair. Since I've been gone though, there've been lots of things happening. Anything happening with you? Anything going on? No, nothing going on. Well, allow me to dive into some of the things that we missed that I feel like we are obligated here to, to speak about. Uh, first and foremost, Jordan. Jordan. Yes. There is something that you have been on a personal soapbox about for going on six years now. Do you do you know of which I'm speaking? I do. Um, now, I know some of our listeners uh, tend to listen to the show in public or when they're driving with young ears in the car or, I don't know, some people listen to it in their office without headphones on. So we try not to curse all that much, or at least I do. But in this instance, I'm going to have to, because I fucking called it. In you fucking regards called it, to folks. Slayer coming back. It happened, I would say that uh, any week that it would happen, this is not the week I expected it to. Uh, this coming hot off the heels of uh, Carrie Burger King uh, having all this heated talk in that Rolling Stone interview where he's, uh, you know, hyping up his new project that everybody I'm sure is so excited about. <laughs> yeah, it seems like it all came together very quickly because Slayer as a band, and uh, I think they were like most recently on Nuclear Blast, likes to hype up whatever they were doing, whatever sure. crummy product they were putting out with their name on it, whatever re-release whatever live stuff, it would always be like big news coming, watch this space type post. Like, Absolutely. Here's just the Slayer logo with the date on it. And this was just like, oh, by the way, this festival was announced and Slayer's name is on it. Yeah, uh, the first of uh, many festival appearances, because, you know, we discussed this, they said that they were done touring, right? But that doesn't mean the festival touring circuit. <laughs> right, they said, because like, they had their last world tour and then like mm -hmm. last north american tour and you could see that they were already hedging their bets a couple years ago where it was just like well like doing like what the who does or what kiss does it's like well this isn't a world tour we're just playing 30 dates across the world but it's not a tour or it's like well we're not playing asia so it's not a world tour so right, they, right. They, they were doing that for years so uh, now they're back playing some festivals because what else are they going to do? It took Kerry King six years to make a Slayer song with other people. And Tom Araya is not doing anything else. And whatever hired guns they have left are just in other bands. So what else are you going to do? And if a festival is foolish enough to give the band, I don't know what price that they had to pay for it. $50,000. Is that too much? Is that too little? Whatever it is, they threw money at the band and they're playing shows again because of course they are because what else are they going to do? I do like that the timing of this coincided perfectly with basically Tom Mariah shitting all over Carrie King's new project. Like 
This has been a years long game of chicken uh, in which Kerry King has been threatening to do something for a very long time. He finally gets it together. He finally, you know, starts putting a record out, starts doing promotion for it, starts talking a lot of shit like Tom. I haven't talked to him in fucking years. Fuck that guy. The drummer fucking he's dead to me. And then a week later, they're like, all right, well, you've had your little fun. Do not dilute the Slayer brand name with this horse shit. We're just going to do the whole thing and get paid like we should. And in a way, I think that's very sweet. It, it's not even like this was uh, like a, a wrestling angle where, oh, they're feuding for years and now they finally patched it up and they're coming out at WrestleMania. It's the big event. We finally get to see him. It was just like a week later after Kerry King's music came out and he had that Rolling Stone article where he shit on everyone. And it wasn't even like a buildup or going to anywhere. It was just a quick mean girl spat followed by, oh, yeah, I guess we're back together again. I mean, it is kind of fun now that it's out in the open. Like these guys absolutely hate each other. Uh, so I appreciate that, the, you know, that we have at least that out in the ether as well. And they're like, ah, we hate each other, but the money's tight. So let's fucking do it. Can't have Kerry King fucking things up on his own. I mean, if yeah. System of a Down can do it, if. Um, I'm just blanking on who else does it. Um, if the Misfits can do it, yep. Then why not Slayer? You got enough meatheads and chuckle dicks to fork over money to sit through an all-day, four-day festival to see 45 minutes of just a couple of the hits and whatever they crapped out on their last album. Then, then it's worth it. It is worth it to sit on a stage, just stare at your guitar or your bass, yell out whatever you have left in your quickly dying throat and vocal cords. And hey, you, you get to stay home another six months without having to hit the road or see these people again. That's true. Um, I mean, looking at the social media reactions to this, you know, there's a handful of people like you and I that are like, you know, of course, this is something we expected that would happen. It's a cynical cash in. These guys can't do anything else with their lives. It's exactly like the Rolling Stones, the Who, Kiss, Motley Crue. They will never, ever quit until they're all fucking dead. And when they do, they'll be holograms. And then, of course, the majority is dumbasses going, Slayer! Fucking Slayer, bro! Slayer! We finally have a chance to see the band that has just been gone for like four years that toured relentlessly for the past 40 years. Yeah. Now's your chance. Finally. So I don't know, man. Oh, um, I, I know we've talked about this before, but like I've seen Slayer before you have as well, right? Yes. Dull as dog shit, man. You see them once, you never need to see them again. Yeah. They're I, like a, a metalhead bucket list band. Just check them off. Okay, never need to see it again. Yeah, the ideal Slayer set is 30 minutes long, and but that's not what they do. They play for far, far longer than that. Yeah, they play for 90 minutes, and uh, the show I saw them on was like the Jägermeister tour in like 2004, mm -hmm. so it was... Young Killswitch Engage and a Young Mastodon, and both were awesome. And then Slayer played for 90 minutes, and it was supposed to be they were doing like rain and blood shows where like blood was supposed to fall on them from the ceiling at the end. Oh, yeah, I remember that. And they just didn't do it at our show. Either That's they, awesome. the venue didn't let them, or they decided not to, or whatever. It's just like, oh, okay. So it wasn't even anything special. Incredible. Um, are you familiar with the Louder Than Life Festival? 
I mean, all these names are interchangeable, so I'll say yes with like kind of a shrug. I, I guess so, man. Um, I, I don't think I've heard of this one. Um, the first, okay, the first uh, show back that Slayer is going to do is Riot Fest in Chicago, which, if you recall, years ago was the home of the first uh, Misfits reunion, right? Yep. So that's where dead bands go to, you know, collect a check. Uh, but they also announced they're playing um, uh, Louder Than Life. This is a quote from Danny Wimmer of Danny Wimmer Presents. Hmm. Remember that? Am I supposed to? Uh, we talked about Danny Wimmer of Danny Wimmer Presents, I think, two weeks ago. Ah, uh, that's right. Yeah, yeah, just one of these f people that run a bunch of these massive festivals that probably have questionable means about raising money and maintaining all of these things. Yeah, yeah. So he says, we're thrilled to announce that Slayer will be reuniting for an earth-shattering performance at Louder Than Life. I was at their last show at the Forum in 2019, and I've been working since then to bring them back together to the Louder stage. With over 140 bands on five stages, we're celebrating our 10th Louder Than Life with the biggest lineup yet. Um, okay. I did not know that this was going on for 10 years. There it is, though. At uh, Louisville, Kentucky, at the Highland Festival Grounds at the Kentucky Exposition Center. There you go. Um, lots of bands I've heard of on here. Um, some odd things on this on this bill, if you, if you don't mind me mentioning a handful of them, if that's okay. Sure. How would you feel about seeing Marky Ramone playing the Ramones classics? No, thank you. He wasn't even an original Ramone. <laughs> Isn't he a drummer? Yeah. I mean, he's been doing this for a while. That sounds bad. That sounds really bad. Um, included among a bunch of shit that I don't actually care about, uh, you can see both Body Count and 3-6 Mafia on the same stage on the same day. Um, health is opening up for Il Nino, which mm, seems awful. Um an old favorite, Jarris Johnson, is going to be there. Do you remember Jarris? I remember Jarris Johnson. Mm. Uh, other bands that you may know and love include Sponge. <laughs> Sponge is the bane of your existence. <laughs> um, you also have Judas Priest, Stained as Disturbed, Chevelle, Skillet, etc., etc. Fozzy, one of your favorites, of course. And uh, Till Lindemann and a solo act, which I guess... Has he been doing that for a while? I, am I just not familiar? Yeah, he's been doing that for a while. Mm, sounds lame. Uh, one of the highest build of this entire thing is The Offspring, which speaks deeply to this whole thing. Um, Tom Morello solo and something called Grandson is billed very high. Are you, are you familiar with Grandson? I'm not familiar with Grandson. That sounds... I just know it sucks. I just know it sucks a lot. Anyway. Uh, that'll be fun. We should go to Louisville, Kentucky for this. I don't think we should go to Louisville, Kentucky for any reason. <laughs> uh, I've never been. Uh, I, I assume it's a fun place. They, I think they have college sports and whiskey there. That's what they do, right? And baseball bats. And ba <laughs> that's That too, of course. What could go wrong with that combination of wonderful things? Um, so the Slayer reunion is, of course, you know, Slayer with an asterisk. You have Tom Morea, Kerry King, and then, uh, I guess you're going to have Paul Bostaff because, uh, that's, uh, Kerry King is not going to have, uh, Dave Lombardo, uh, in this, uh, cash grab. It'll be over his dead body. 
And then uh, Gary Gary Holt is the uh, replacement for Hanneman, of course, I guess. I guess they'll stick with him. Who the fuck else are they going to grab? Some other thrash guy. Yeah. <laughs> uh, no, no one's going to be up there and be like, oh, where's Gary Holt? Oh, this show sucks. No, it's, it doesn't matter. Just, um, he's buddies with them, and he's been in 20 other bands that play pretty much the same type of music, so. See, Gary Holt's wife uh, says over on Facebook, that's right. what we're, this is the beat we're on right now. Yes, it's true. And it's an ex- exciting adventure for the band and fans talking to the Slayer reunion. To all the people saying, quote, they are liars or they must have run out of money or it's not Slayer without so-and-so. I have an idea for you all. Don't go. And for Done. all the people. Yes, easy. <laughs> Deal. And for all the people who did go to the final tour dates and enjoyed it, awesome. <laughs> Fuck you. Yeah, this isn't a tour. It's some dates and great news. And everyone that thinks that they all know the inside info, you can't possibly know. So just enjoy the fact that this amazing band will play some amazing shows this year. Go or don't. Nobody cares. Okay. Yeah, I know, right? All right. Done. Wasn't going to go anyway. You ever been uh, suckered by a uh, final no fool in tour? No. Um, I went with my dad to see Alabama on their final for sure. Absolutely never, never going to tour again. Uh, spot in Dallas years and years and years ago. And uh, wouldn't you know, the uh, casino in Oklahoma is hosting them like every other month now. Yeah, there's n- there is no end to any bands unless someone dies and the band has enough morals to be like, okay, this is it. You know, we, the band doesn't exist without this person. Thank you. Goodbye. I'm thinking. I I know a lot of people who have spent thousands and thousands of dollars to fly across the country to see like the last ever show that bands are going to play. I'm thinking of bands like. Um, Fuck. Uh, guided by Voices at their final last ever show in like 2004, which, you know, they only did thousands of more shows after that. Um, or LCD Sound System in 2010 something or other. And of course, they immediately reformed afterwards. And you know, if you if you believe this shit, you deserve you deserve to be built out of your money. I think that's that's where I stand on it. And it's on the same level as when bands get back together and uh, they play like a small show at like a St. Vitus, for example. And it's mm-hmm. like, oh, it's one show only. I'm going to fly across the country to see it. And then they immediately announce like three more dates. And then they announce they're playing festivals. And then they announce they're playing a tour or they're putting out new music or whatever it is. It's kind of like, eh, just wait. It'll come by sooner or later. And depending on how long they keep at it, they may actually play your local venue near you if they keep doing it for long enough because they run out of places to play. It's more likely than you think. Hey, remember when Dillinger Escape Plan broke up? Yes. Well, you can go see him again if you want. <laughs> yes, you can. Uh, hey, speaking of St. Vitus. Um, you like that segue? I did like that. We, I kind of drifted a little too long for it to be like a proper segue, but I did appreciate you putting the germ out there, you know? Mm-hmm. Anyway, St. Vitus. Uh, you know St. Vitus, don't you? Despite the fact that neither one of us live in New York. Yes, it is What one of the preeminent heavy metal venues in the United States. 
Yeah, uh, a friend of ours runs their social media page. <laughs> and it's it's for people that don't know, it's a fairly small venue. It's not yeah. like especially in the 90s and early 2000s, New York was just full of mid-sized venues like an Irving Plaza. And these places still exist or like a BB Kings, but they don't really cater towards heavy music anymore. Yeah. So, you know, um, I remember back in the fucking, you know, indie sleaze days, a bunch of venues popped up and then they all got shut down like uh, to become a chase bank or something like that. If you remember like Santos Party House that was run by Andrew WK and a few other people like that. Uh, but none of that shit really exists anymore. So it's kind of harder and harder to to, to book book uh, shows in big cities where real estate uh, has to become a bank or a uh, luxury condominium. There are no other options. Uh, anyway, uh, over the, the last weekend, uh, St. Vitus got shut the fuck down uh, in the middle of a Mind Force show. You know Mind Force, don't you? Yeah, I know you like them. I know yeah. they're one of the it bands, especially of people who like thrash crossover, like Power Trip fans probably like them. Yeah, it's a wizard hardcore, <laughs> the, the best combination. Uh, so, it, yeah, the uh, New York City Department of Buildings decided that 8 p.m. on a Friday night was the most appropriate time to go ahead and shut that motherfucker down, uh, which seemed, I don't know, rude. <laughs> unnecessary yeah egregious. do it on a monday what the fuck why are you working that late um so it it's because uh, they wanted to arrest other people that were there doing illegal things it's true yeah uh so you know from that uh the 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 venue had to hustle to change uh the location for a shit ton of big shows that were already booked uh, i don't know if you saw like coalesce was doing reunion shows like the the next day uh, which is fucking insane. Um, so all of this happened very suddenly because Vitus has been open for a long fucking time, man, and uh, doing pretty well. With the, this all seemed kind of sudden, did it not? It really was in the middle of a show. We're not exaggerating. Bands were playing. And it, isn't it like the Department of Buildings? It's not yes. even like a police thing or right. you know it's something bad is about to happen it's the fire marshal this place is too crowded it's like this building isn't up to code right at this very second everyone out so um it's interesting here uh before i even saw that the venue was shut down i saw that some motherfucker online had found the guy responsible for putting in like hundreds of complaints <laughs> all that information is public yeah yeah so um they found this found this absolute fucking dweeb who has spent years uh, putting in complaints with the city that the St. Vitus did not have proper permitting to be, uh, you know, issued as a, a, a music venue. Um, and he's just been molding about this for fucking years. Uh, so we found that this guy in particular uh, is a big... Uh, Big believer in, you know, free speech, but only one one kind, you know. <laughs> the only kind of free speech. The only kind. Um, so he his big complaint, not that the venue is improperly uh as the is the wrong building permitting or whatever. It's because he believes that they are a bunch of SJWs at this venue. Sure. 
is which is that is that not like just the most perfect uh encapsulation of how america is now you just have one sad little bitch that just whines and whines and whines until the state fucking gives him a bottle isn't that what all the book banning is no, the it's same every thing? every school board in the fucking country right now so um yeah, the, the the world runs on petty grievances from shitty little bastards like this. Here's the thing, though. We, as fans of heavy music, uh, counterculture, whatever you want to call it, just generally us, we can be extremely petty as well and extremely resourceful. Yeah, so I mean, like, they found this guy's burner Twitter account where he's been pissing and moaning for years and then five minutes later found his real name and address. <laughs> it's like we can have our like little problems amongst ourselves. But as soon as someone like this pops up, it's like, uh, what is it? That meme picture of all the girls giving whoever's taking the picture like this, like, ew, look <laughs> like that's all of us looking at this person. It's like, well, we can put our stuff aside. You are the problem now. So anyway, this guy's name is Jack Carlo, uh, who has now deleted probably every social media account he has because every uh, fan of heavy music in the nation knows uh, who this who this cocksucker is. Um, all of his Twitter accounts, all of his Facebook gone. Uh, but, you know, real name out there, real address still out there if you really want it. Um, this all stemmed, they, they found this guy this particular guy because they were searching on Facebook for a guy complaining about Carrie King wearing a St. Vitus t-shirt to the Super Bowl and being like, doesn't he know there are a bunch of SJWs? <laughs> was it the, the venue or was it the band St. Vitus? I, I do, honestly don't even know, but I think either way he was like, <laughs> uh, I think it was the venue to be fair. So, uh, oh yeah, no, it definitely was. I see bar and tiny little letters at the okay. bottom. <laughs> um, so what what from what I've seen here uh is that uh there is a city council guy in New York who promises uh let's see, I think it's Keith Powers is the fellow's name, uh, who is working to uh get this moving to try to get them the proper permitting and get them open up again. And of course. If you look at the replies here, you have normal people that are like, cool, thank you. This is good. We like live music and all that. And then you have this guy named C.E. Panoff III, a licensed real estate broker, native New York, a bulldog owner, and Yankees fan, not afraid to share my opinions, that says, this isn't even in your district, nor is it an issue for the New York City Council. Has there ever been a day where you do your actual job? You're truly the worst. What happens when your term limits out? You'll become a bartender at the bar you helped stay open even though they were shut down for good cause? That poor bulldog. I don't know what city you live in, but if you live in a city that's, you know, big enough to have a city council, you have at least 15 fucking dipshits like this who spend all day on social media just yelling at their elected representatives claiming that they've turned their cities into crime-ridden cesspools, et cetera, et cetera, et cetera. Uh, I don't know if you've ever done that. I avoid, but I know they're, they're out there, not just online, but they go to like actual meetings and do this stuff too. They, I don't know, man. I, this I is know, their life. I know, man. And I know that like it's important to get involved or whatever so that you don't cede all control to these fucking losers. But man... These fucking losers make me want to stay a thousand yards away from it all.
Ugh. So what Saint Vitus should do, and they're they're working on it. They get all their stuff up to order. They get all their paperwork stamped and triplicate and the whole deal. And then what they should do is have a street party. They should talk to all the other businesses in the area and shut down the street legally, whatever they need to permits they do, and have an outdoor fest. I love that idea. Also, you know, I don't know what it costs to get the proper permitting, but if they're a little short on money, they should always they could always do an Empire Records <laughs> like <laughs> benefit show. Just have the members of that work at St. Vitus stand on a marquee and play <laughs> was it Sugar High? Sugar High. Sugar <laughs> High. Um yeah, Coyote Shivers is not welcome. I think he's a wife beater. <laughs> Um, yeah, this is an opportunity to do something that I've only seen in a hundred movies that I've rewatched hundreds of times. And it always works. It always works. We got to save the beloved store or venue or YMCA or Boys and Girls Club. Uh, they'll make the, the last dollar they need at the last moment. Fireworks will go off. The romantic leads will embrace. Uh, and we can finally, you know, have a moment to to all celebrate, uh, you know, the, the joie de vivre that we all share inside. Um, or, I mean, I guess they could get, you know, like, uh, you know, uh, some, uh, some local guys to play, you know, uh, a 15 minute grind course set. One of the two, one of the two. Yeah. And, and people will give their crumpled up dollars and everything will be fine. Yeah. Um, so I'm just saying, uh, St. Vitus, you know, everybody's, everybody's rooting for a venue to, uh, a beloved venue to stay open, but please do not miss your opportunity for, uh, a movie magic moment here. I mean, we could use a movie like that now, just a happy ending, yeah. <laughs> a nice movie, something that's not a remake or a prequel or a sequel or a superhero movie, like just something that came out of the 90s. That would be nice for a change. I'll admit that I'm pretty cloistered with my media consumption. You know, I like to watch old movies or like new art movies. B24 uh, stuff. Yeah, yeah. I'm, I'm kind of... I don't, I don't really stay in tune with like what's what normal people watch or whatever. So uh, if anybody can tell me if movies still have this kind of plot point, you know, it's a, a sweet romantic comedy where you got to save, you know, save the beloved venue or whatever with a fundraiser at the last minute, please let me know. Otherwise, uh, you and I need to work on the film adaptation of Saving St. Vitus right now. I'm into it. I, th I think this has legs, to be honest with you. Uh, we can get all kinds of uh, beloved metal stars to do cameo bits. We will get the crusty dollars of uh, metal losers to line up and see our movie. I think we could do it. I think we can too. Um, so while we work on that, why don't we delve into some much, much shittier news? <laughs> yeah, and on a high note, right? Yeah. <laughs> Wait, how long have we been recording here? I don't have a timer. No, halfway it's, through. Yeah, that's probably about right. Um... Got lots of things to talk about. I know that um, people might get, but might be a little bit sick of hearing us, you know, jump on this topic. AI, Jordan. Everyone can't stop talking about AI. They fucking love this little Steven Spielberg creation, don't they? Everyone likes being Fonzie and going, hey. Hey, I'm more like, hey, I'm walking over here. Am I right? Mm, yeah. Mm -hmm. yeah. This, yeah. That, that's for the New York listeners specifically. Um, 
pestilence. What was the last time we talked about fucking pest? When's the last time pestilence has been fucking relevant? When's the last time anyone talked about them? I don't know. Uh, I think the last time we talked about them, didn't we on one of our like bad side project show mm. play like was it like a Rasta techno side band? Was I that think so. I, if I recall correctly, the pestilence one was especially shitty. Um Folks, if you remember that uh, bad side projects episode, please let us know uh, what the pestilence one was because I I done forgot already. Um, yeah, I mean like a death thrash that was hugely uh, you know influential back way back in the day when you and I were butt tots. Uh, but they have stuck around. They've done some deeply embarrassing things over the years. I think my favorite, of course, everybody's go to is Patrick Mameli getting bleached blonde dreadlocks and saying he still looked like an alpha uh, before uh, saying some uh, racial slurs. Pretty good stuff. Remember that one? Wasn't he also like throwing out Trump support too? Oh yeah, he's a, he's a big Trump guy too. Uh, brain dead, absolutely brain dead man. Uh, so they uh, they announced a new record uh, which has AI art. Uh, have you seen the artwork for it? I have not. You know what? I'm going to go ahead and I'm going to put this in our Twitter uh, chat right now, if that's okay with you, because I want you to take a look because this is important to me. I, I think you know that I am an aesthet and I believe very much in the supremacy of the album cover. This looks like something that might have been drawn by an indie comic in the 90s. Yeah, it, it looks like one of those splatter comics. Almost, almost. Uh, but it looks wrong and also kind of shitty. Like, is this supposed to re represent the guys in the band or is it just, you know, big foreheaded looking guys? I can't tell. It's just big foreheaded looking guys, I would assume. Yeah. Because they all kind of look the same. They do. Yeah. It's like the AR artist was like, well, I got four variations of old guy with big crinkly forehead. Which one do you want? And Mameli's just like... Why not all of them? Anyway, Mameli here says he puts up this new cover right next to Pestilence's absolutely stone cold classic artwork for Consuming Impulse. You know the Consuming Impulse artwork, right? Yeah, it's the shocked face with ants crawling all over it. Like we're we're talking about some of the all time great heavy metal album art i i this one goes to mind it's iconic absolutely fucking iconic i would say that people recognize the album more than they would any pestilence huh i i agree with that wholeheartedly mameli here the brain genius himself says how is the second cover way better than the first one talking about consuming impulse versus this ai generated slop that they're shitting out please explain the AI is everywhere. Are we so caught up in the past that we do not embrace technology? Is recording with tape better than digital DAWs? Is taking a Polaroid picture better than the newest phone tech phone? It's still about the music and lyrics, and that's real. Now, Mameli is stupid, but he is asking real questions about art. I just think that <clears throat> he's going about it with an answer in his mind that is deeply incorrect. I, don't I mean, the answer is that he is right. And because he did this, he is right. And this is right. Correct. Correct. 
I think these are valid questions talking about the, uh, the means that you use to produce art, you know, is there a real difference there? And I think that what we're talking about here when it comes to these, this cover art that somebody has shit out for him, uh, what you have done is you have eschewed doing art and you've told the computer, yeah, fucking give me whatever, who cares? Um, that, because the, the AI art or whatever, it doesn't, it doesn't create anything. It just takes things that already exist and it tries to manipulate these existing art assets that are stolen, of course, uh, to try to fit the mold of the prompts that you've typed in. And I feel like in the process of here, we have completely done away with any kind of work, effort, Mm-hmm. You know, nugget of an idea, germ of creation, a spark of human joy that would go into any of this. And I mean, you compare this, like you said, a 90s indie comic, but not as good, um, compared to something that is as absolutely just stark and iconic as the Consuming Impulse artwork that was clearly done with uh, an idea in mind, a hand that is not necessarily the most skilled but, you know, capable of putting together something that catches the eye and the imagination far better than, you know, a computer can ever churn out. I feel like we, we've, missed, we've missed the boat entirely. He's saying the music and the lyrics are real. I mean, kind of, I guess. I guess. But what you've done is you've completely uh, invalidated all the artwork that surrounds your music and lyrics. If you don't take the rest of it seriously, why should I take your music and lyrics seriously? Does that make sense? Yeah, I, I understand what you're trying to say. Um, beyond it not looking good, it's this weird justification, particularly older musicians are trying to do because Pestilence isn't the only one using this, as we yep. talked about. The Aside, their latest album is AI. I think High on Fire's latest music video was um, AI. It's This is, I think, beyond any sort of discussion of like what is art or you know any any sort of thing like that i really just think they're cheap and lazy i think that is dead on seriously we have to come up with artwork even though this may just be a digital only thing we have to come up with a music video to promote this i don't want to actually have to think about this sort of thing i don't want to have to deal with it i don't want us to spend the money to be in some sort of warehouse and pantomime and playing guitar. Just pay $200 to have someone throw some prompts into an AI thing, and it's good enough. That's all that matters. Can I make a prediction that will probably be completely obvious to everyone that hears this? Sure. The next Megadeth album will be art will be AI-generated. And NFT, money-generating thing. I mean, do you remember, like, uh, already Dave didn't want to pay the artist for the last Megadeth right. album, so, like, this is about as obvious as it gets. <laughs> you know, if they do truly believe that, like, the music and the lyrics are the most important thing, which, fine, that yeah. is your prerogative, mm-hmm. then it's, what is the motivation to not use this sort of thing other than people complaining about it because they don't care enough to begin with it. It's like, well, I'm not drawing it, so it doesn't matter. I'm not making the video. It doesn't matter. Um, I think this is, this isn't going to stop as we've predicted. Well, in the past, it's, 
there's going to be a point, I think, where a band that lots of people like generally are mm-hmm. going to start using this sort of thing. And I think people are just going to be like, all right, well, this is what it is now. You know, there's no amount of complaining is going to stop it. Um, and my also belief is that there's going to be a new artist that comes out, a new musician, whatever, pop, rock, that is going to have just a massive hit. And we're not going to find out until later that it's AI. And at that point, people are just going to be like, well, the barn door is open. It's too late. I I think that... Um... The thing that we've been seeing uh, recently, um, I don't know if you, I, I don't know if you've seen similar stories, is that AI uh, results are actually getting far far worse because they're feeding off of each other. Yeah, I've seen that. So I feel like it's possible that like, you know, this this could be this could be a downward spiral quickly. I I I, I know that um, it's a lot of the same people involved as the. Uh, cryptocurrency craze and the NFT craze have jumped onto the AI craze as the latest way to make money from nothing. And I feel like with these people in charge, this ship will surely fucking sink to the bottom of the goddamn Mariana Trench, uh, you know, sooner rather than later. I, I really do believe that that is, that is something that's going to happen. And I just think you take one of these like mega stars, not necessarily that they would because they like to have control of everything, but you take a Taylor Swift or a Beyonce, Mm -hmm. not that they would use this, but like, let's say they buy into some sort of AI technology and, you know, maybe use that to enhance a song or lyrics or whatever you want. And then it's a massive hit. Like didn't Beyonce just put out a country song and she's the first African-American woman to ever have a number one country song, like just like that. I've never even heard it. I don't know anything about it, but I know that it's already a big hit. So what's to say that someone of that stature can't just use one of these things and then that's it and it's too late and then it doesn't matter anymore. We just go, it is what it is. This is technology. And I mean, the, in term- the most we can do is complain to like our smaller bands that should know better. Yeah, I mean that that's fair, and in a way, like a lot of uh, recording technology that it use is used today. I mean, like eh, maybe it's maybe it's not that far off from you know uh, just already using a program to make everything sound better than it already does. You know, I, I mean, think- we know like I, I know off the top of my head, Fear Factory was very big into getting Burton C. Bell when he's doing his vocals to like get it once whatever part and then just copy and paste it and like there's still technology involved and still someone has to physically sing and move all that about but it's like kind of we're already using tricks like we're gonna get to the point where people like yeah whatever i just it's fine i just i'm going on vacation just finish the thing without me i'm on vacation um no i from what i've been told about like major 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 artists is that they do one take a vocal take uh and then because it's it's cheaper for them to just do one take get the fuck out of the studio and then put it all on some poor fucking engineer to basically uh you know play legos with this shit until it sounds good enough to be on the radio uh so is that too far removed i don't i don't know man so i it's not really for me to say i'm just saying like we kind of we kind of devalue um music in so many other ways that like Mm -hmm. is it is that another drop in the bucket or is that like the end of it tough to say i don't know i know that there's always going to be weirdos that 
douche it without a click track, without, you know, Pro Tools direct onto tape, and it's going to sound crap, and I'm, I'm going to like that a lot. <laughs> yeah, there, I'm not saying it's any of this is going to be replacing. Yeah. I just think more of like cutting corners sure. and slowly becoming more acceptable because it's just like, well, yeah, we're not going to pay a studio. We're going to record in our basement. We're going to do this. We're going to do that. And it, it's going to sound good enough and smooth enough. We know music's kind of just been moving in that way in a, a while where it's just like the Instagram filter, but for your voice. And I don't know. It's not going to stop because other bands are using AI not just for their artwork, but for their lyrics and for like songwriting in general. Mm, Segway. Yeah, yeah. All right. You want to intro this one, man? So a couple days ago, we got a press release and a lot of other people saw it and it quickly became news. Canadian metal experts unleash the archers to release AI inspired concept album Phantoma on May 10th, 2024. And a headline like that, you kind of like squint at it and go, Hmm, because AI inspired concept album, it could sound like they're just talking about it. Yeah. I mean, like AI inspired concept album, as you mentioned, could apply to any fear factory record. <laughs> it's exactly what I was thinking. They made their entire career on, you know, Robots are scary. Ah, uh, it's a fucking generative AI. <laughs> uh, here in my car. <laughs> so the press release says, uh, Canada's most exciting metal band, Unleash the Archers, who Britney Slays has been on the show before, and it was a very fun discussion with her. See, that's the thing. That, that, that's why I have real pause bringing this up, because we do kind of have a policy on this program where we kind of kiss the asses of people who have done it. Well, that was before. That was years before. Mm -hmm. Unleash the Archers is thrilled to announce the upcoming release of their Transfixing Six Studio release, the AI-inspired concept album Phantoma, on May 10th, 2024, via Napalm Records. New album follows the breakout, blah, 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 blah. Let's get to the good stuff on here. Please. Now I got to find it. <laughs> Just thinking about a band you know, called Unleash the Archer is a power metal band. And the various concepts that a band, a power metal band called Unleash the Archers could have, like, I don't know, like Siege Warfare, Riding on the Wings of a Dragon, a unicorn. Arrows. Yeah, a unicorn that also is a bard. <laughs> there are lots of things that I think of, you know, that, that makes sense for that niche. Uh, I'm not sure that AI is the thing that uh, that comes to mind to, to be a, a good match there. Today's album announcement kicks off with the release of its first single, Green and Glass, an unforgettable opus transversing the album's dystopian concept with dynamic verses and prog-laden guitar work. Its innovative accompanying music video features Phantoma discovering new and herring realities and was created using AI while still supporting traditional artists by having character models trained exclusively and a body of work licensed from the artist Bo Bradshaw. Unleash the Archers says about Green and Glass, we struggled for a while to decide which song would lead the way for this record and in the end chose Green and Glass because it was the song that inspired the cover artwork but also because it doesn't give too much away about the concept behind the album. We wanted nothing more than to be able to create a fully cinematic retelling of the story through our music videos. And we're so stoked when the boys at RuneGate studio express an interest in learning how to use stable diffusion mm. to make our dreams come true. Mm. They trained the model on the work of Bo Bradshaw. 
which gives it a beautifully unique animation style. We got to bring his magnificent t-shirt artwork to life. Huh. Okay. Defying controversy and bringing their imagination to life, Unleashed the Archers utilized AI during the writing, filming, and production process of Phantoma, and we have the electronic and synthwave elements throughout the album's 10 colossal anthems, which, in line with its theme, prove much darker and heavier in comparison to the bright positivity of Abyss. I see. So, <clears throat> they're, they're saying they're defying controversy with this? Yeah, the... So after this came out, there was a strong initial reaction of like, what are you doing? Why are you doing this? Yeah. And it seemed to be using, they tried to at least explain as they were using AI ethically, mm-hmm. like they're using someone's artwork that we paid they, for, th- that they paid for and running it through AI stuff and using that to produce this music video to which other people responded, well, wait a minute, where is this this AI program you're using is known to like take stuff from other places. How is this ethical? Yeah, uh, I mean, that's the thing. Like you can train your model to, you know, be based on the work that you're feeding into it, but the AI itself doesn't create anything. So if you want a Additional animation is going to be stealing from elsewhere. It's going to be stealing someone else's work. It cannot exist exclusively on, you know, let's say uh, 50 drawings this guy did. So uh, while you think that you're doing this ethically, in reality, you are using somebody else's work without their permission and without compensation. And that's specifically for the artwork. We're not even considering like the other pieces that are being stolen for your, you know, music itself. Uh, Right. A lot of the focus was based on this music video and and artwork where to me, it seems like the bigger problem is using it for your lyrics and songwriting because you don't need it. Like you are a talented, accomplished band on a major for metal label you are capable of doing all this on your own. So like none of this helps you. It is only a hindrance, whether it's uh, creatively or just ethically or morality wise. It, it's just a complete own goal. It is so unnecessary to like be using any of this for anything. This, and this, it, this is the just kind like, of what's thing the that, point? Yeah. This is the kind of thing that a band that is a completely washed up legacy act would do. You are in the prime of your career. Why the fuck are you doing this? Right. You are not like an idiot deathcore band that can't string together two sentences. So you need to rely on a computer program to come up with lyrics for you. And it's like, I, I understand what they're trying to do with this concept and trying to do it in some sort of right way. But like they went about it unclearly, I think partially because of this press release mm-hmm. makes it, you know, sound like they're really relying on it heavily um, where they like they tried to hem and haw, whether it's in their discord or in like quick Twitter responses. And it didn't really work. So they ended up uh, going on a, a much longer post on Instagram. Wow, what a week. It's mm. always a good way to start. No, you never don't do that. You got to just start with a, okay, all right. There have been a lot of posts and discussion about our new music video and its use of AI. And while we're expecting some controversy, 
we weren't expecting as much as we got. Our goal with the video, again, we're just focusing on the video, mm-hmm. was to create it in a way that credited and compensated all parties while allowing us to utilize the technology relevant to the subject matter of our music to achieve a style that was previously unavailable to a band of our size. By licensing the work of an artist to train the models, we thought we had covered this issue, but through posts from the community at large, as well as conversations with both Bo and RuneGate, we now know that this is not the case given the process used to make the video. The use of stable diffusions based features, which pull from uncredited source material, means we necessarily used unlicensed work. We don't think this discredits our intention to use to only use licensed art, but it's an important distinction. We also need to make it clear that Bo's contract with us only stipulated that his work would be provided for us to train AI models for the video. We used phrases like artwork by Bo Bradshaw in some of our previous social media posts, but that's not a fair characterization of his involvement. Bo did not have artistic input on the animation, and while we did send the video to him prior to release asking his thoughts, the video was essentially finished at that point. Bo is going to make a statement tomorrow clarifying his side of this, so we make sure to check that out if you've been following along with everything. Our final thought on this is that we genuinely tried to do this in a way that would be ethical. We missed the mark on that, and we hope our missteps in the process of using AI sets better expectations for the next band who tries this. However, there's a lot more coming from Phantoma that is in line with the work we're best known for, more headline shows are being announced. The next single drops in March, and we have a blah, 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 blah. Well, what do you, I mean, again, we're just talking about the video. We are not talking about anything else that I have issues with here. I think if, you know, because this is an AI-inspired concept album, if they wanted to do maybe one song and like point to it as like this is what ai does Mm -hmm. ai bad like maybe i could understand that and like that wouldn't even be a bad idea because it can kind of point out like how these other songs we've uh, covered like the shredders or the orc kings nonsense where the lyrics were gibberish and everything sounded generic if you kind of did that in the in your album for we used ai i could see the point of it sure but again they don't need it. So it just feels like we had this idea and we tried to run with it and hope you like it and hope you don't complain about it more. Uh, and like their excuses, uh, we tried to do AI ethically. And maybe the answer is nope. there is no ethically <laughs> way to use AI. Yeah. I, I, I'm more inclined to, to go with that. I am, uh, I am deeply against computers now. I think we got to end this shit once and for all. You're just recording the show with your handgun pointed at the screen. Yeah, absolutely. Give me an excuse. Um, other bands that have been fucking around lately, um, Mannequin Pussy. Do you do you know that band? I know the name. Uh, they're on. Yeah, it's whatever. They uh they put out an AI generated video recently. Um, an artist I follow that had previously done artwork for them is like, fuck this band and fuck you. <laughs> that's the correct answer absolutely um so they had some uh, controversy earlier on in the month and uh, basically everybody got together to say eat shit and die losers um idols are you familiar with idols i th- i think i know the name but honestly it's one of those names that could be any band at any yeah. point anywhere 
I saw them at some festival a few years ago. Fucking not for me. Not for me. Let's say that. Anyway, they put out a, a cheeky, ironic AI video where they mm. try put themselves on the faces of Coldplay's uh, Yellow in their, that music video, which I got to say, wow, this also sucks. Fuck you. How, t- how timely. I know. There's not the, the only thing worse than these bands that are like AI is the future is that bands that are using this like to try to be like fun and ironic. Fuck you. Do something else. Like you might as well make a video of you beating up boy bands. Yeah. Like if you're going to do something that old and out of touch. It's, it's embarrassing. It's fucking it's fucking embarrassing, Jordan. Sorry. And yet. Yeah. <sighs> so that's that's where we're at with all of that. I don't know. Uh, I, I find it distasteful. Let's just say that. How do you, uh, is that is that a fair way of talking about that? Distasteful and unnecessary. And unnecessary. Um, and I got there's a few other things we could talk about here, but I don't know. I'll, I'll I'll leave it up to you. Is there anything in particular you want to talk about on this one? Two quick things I wanted to talk about, and this is just very funny. Mm-hmm. Tim Comerford on if Rage Against the Machine have broken up. I don't know. I don't get involved in that. I'm just the bass player. Boy, you know, you talk about somebody knowing their role and playing their part. That's some king shit right there. (laughs) I don't know. I don't get involved with that. I'm the bass player. I just wait for someone to tell me what to do. Brad said what he said, but he's one step above me. Uh, He's in the number three spot. I am the low man on the totem pole. That's all I can tell you. I'm the bass player. The bass players always are the last people to find out about shit like that. I love he's, it. He's right, and he's right to say it. <laughs> Man, I don't know. I just play bass. I love that. And uh, the other thing that I wanted to just briefly chat about is the No Values Fest that was announced oh, just a couple days ago. Fuck yeah, dude. I uh, I almost forgot. We really ought to talk about that, shouldn't we? Because, uh, I mean, there's a lot of interesting things about it. One, one may be more interesting than another. <laughs> <laughs> So yeah, they if people haven't heard this, this is a fest going on in California on Saturday, June 8th. Just saying that's around my birthday time. If someone wants to buy me tickets and fly me out and put me up in a hotel and massage my feet. Mm-hmm. We have the original Misfits, Social Distortion, Iggy Pop, who is roughly a thousand years old. Still kicking. Still rubbing peanut butter on his chest. Turnstile, Bad Religion. Sublime. Mm, I thought that Sublime was done, or are they just done with Rome? <laughs> I guess they're done. They're done with Rome. I, I don't know. Maybe Brad Knoll's kid is doing vocals. Who knows? Maybe that is out of everything on this fest. That is the one I care about extremely the least. Right. Right. The curse of modern or alternative rock radio is allowing Sublime to still be played on a daily basis. So uh, the other day I was at. Uh... I was at a restaurant with my wife and um, that horrible Cage the Elephant song comes on. <laughs> well, my name is Cage the Elephant or whatever. <laughs> my wife is like, ooh, what is this? And, you know, I, <laughs> I, of course, have to go into the rant that I've done on this show a dozen times. She's like, Isn't it nice to be blissfully unaware of these things? I know. She's like, oh, this sucks. It sounds like that other band that's on all the time. What is it? Sublime? <laughs> <laughs> Yeah, she didn't. She didn't live through it like we did. No, she did not. 
a, a band whose member died in what 1993 1994 it's been a long ass time their biggest selling record was the greatest hits after he was dead and they still played literally every day the curse of bradley newell <laughs> well so we have dillinger escape plan mm-hmm. power trip Woo-hoo! it was so, bound to happen it was bound to happen and so i think uh Shit, I think it was Dan Wolfson told me like a year ago. He's like, hey, by the way, the guy from Scourge is going to be doing vocals for them. So what do you know? The guy from Scourge is going to be doing vocals for him. We'll see how long this lasts. If it's just going to be a festival thing, I assume they will put out new music because mm-hmm. there's there's a chance to still make money. So why not? Well, they uh, they changed their, uh, their, what is it, fucking profile picture on Facebook to something that sure looks like new album art. So mm. throwing it out there. Oh, we'll wait and see if that's AI. Mm, I doubt it. I sincerely doubt it. The Damned. Wow. They have to be a in million their, years old. Yeah, they got to be in their late sixties, maybe even seventies. A blurred out name, which I am predicting is the Distillers. I am so fucking curious about this blurred out name. It's bothering me. I wonder if it's just the, they like need to confirm finally or hear back from lawyers because it's a band that's been split up and you know, the original drummer needs to get their cut before they can announce. Maybe. Something called Joyce Manor, which I am not familiar with. Oh, yeah. they, Yeah, I, I know Joyce Manor. They've been New band? No, they've been around a long time. Yeah. Suicidal Tendencies. Mm-hmm. The Vandals. All right. Black Flag. Asterisk, but yeah. <laughs> uh, TSOL. We talked about them just the other day. Viagra Boys? Not familiar, I'm afraid. Me neither. Ceremony, to which I say which one? Uh, it's the one that had the cool Power Violence first album, and then everything after that was soft boy po- uh, post-punk bullshit. Ah. The Jesus Lizard? That's a name I haven't heard in a long years. Time. Yeah. Something called Fiddler? Fiddler, yeah. Not a fan at all. I assume Lars Fredrickson isn't the Lars in it. <laughs> No. The Exploited. Mm. Mm. Fear. Again, 70 years old. At least. Lawrence Arms, which that's a name that people haven't talked about in many, many years. I think the last time someone talked about them, it was us on the show talking about how they were on The Daily Show talking about um, punk rock being left or liberal or whatever. And Michael Graves was the Republican answer oh. to being punk rock. Oh, my God. Yep. Been a while. The Addicts, Soul Glow, L7. Hmm. The Bronx. Okay. The Dickies, who, again, 70 years old. Mm-hmm. Cro-Mags. One of Agent them. Orange. Wow. Uh, I can't read this one. Scowl? Uh, I don't have it in front of me, but yeah, I'll go, I'll go with Scowl. Shattered Earth, Adolescence, something called MS Paint, The Dead Milkmen, again, 60s, Jesus. in their 70s, Morning Note. Uh, I don't know that, man. Morning Noise? Yeah, maybe Morning Noise. Mm. Fishbone, The Aquabats. The Selector, Hepcat, The Untouchables, The Skeletones, so the DJ by Jello the, Biafra. You had this whole ska section there. <laughs> yeah, the, that section is for me. 
I love that. DJed by Jello Biafra. That is so fucking funny. I like I like to imagine Jello Biafra up like on a stage, headphones on one side of his head, just playing fucking Tiesto. Playing Sandstorm. Do you think you're better off alone? <laughs> Throwing a cake at people like Steve Aoki. Just absolutely fucking blast it on Molly. <laughs> <laughs> So like while that's a, a pretty cool festival, especially if you're wanting to check off a lot of these well-known oh, old punk bands. Yeah, like the average age on this is like 90 years old, but I would go to this on a heartbeat for sure. Yeah, this this is dudes in their late 40s still wearing Converse, and that's okay. Because again, like the, this is a way for you to see a lot of bands that either don't play that much, getting on in years. Mm -hmm. You can finally see fear you've always want to see him now's your chance or whoever else is on here the thing that caught me <laughs> and we talked about this i don't know by surprise or some sort of concern or at least to raise eyebrow is the tweet advertising this uh, at no values fest tickets on sale friday february 23rd at 11 a.m pacific time that's it payment plan starting at just 49.99 down I see. Forty nine ninety nine down is a new way of getting about this. I would say. Yeah, that the two things in that sentence concern me: the payment plan part and the down part. How much are tickets actually? <laughs> because payment plan implies that it will be much more expensive, that it requires you to pay in installments. Like like you're getting something in layaway from Kmart. It's like I'll I'll put money I'll put forty nine ninety nine down now, but I will be required to pay forty nine ninety nine in five easy installments uh, for the next six months in order to pay for these tickets, and that it requires like making some sort of deal where you know you have to give interest, yeah, with your tickets in order to pay for this. Like I'm I'm getting. Tom Selleck selling you your grandparents' reverse mortgages uh, during Wheel of Fortune vibes, except like Dan's the one selling it to me. Just, you know, consider the other things that you, you're you responsible for. For example, Lisa needs braces. Payment plan! Um, Do you want the information on the payment plan here? Because I got it. Oh, yes, please. Payment plan, $49.99 down payment plan. Turn on the payment plan at checkout to put just $49.99 down. The $49.99 payment plan option only available through March 8th. Two additional equal payments, March 15th and April 15th. Payment plans are available for all orders over $100 while supply lasts. Only $5 fee per installment per payment mm. plan. You must pay in full if you do not want to use the payment plan. You must select the payment plan during the checkout process. If you miss this, you'll be charged in full. There will be no account adjustments. There you go. Exact payments amounts may vary by a few cents due to routing, but the total amount will not exceed the order total. Automated payments may take up to 72 hours to process. No refunds, cancellations, or exchanges. You will not be eligible for the waitlist until it has been paid in so the cheapest, cheapest uh, ticket you can get here, not on payment plan, is one ninety nine plus fees. That is. This for, is a one day festival. Yes, this is for general admission. Uh, this this is GA no values. If you want to pay two twenty nine plus fees, you can get gen general admission some values. <laughs> what does that mean? 
there's also general admission more values. All uh, right, I, I I don't I don't know exactly what it is here. Let's see. Um, let's see the more values. It's the two forty nine one includes one limited edition show T, a dedicated entry lane into the show, and preferred parking available, but not not paid. That's it. That's it. Nice. So I mean, I I guess at a fest like this, preferred parking is probably a an actual perk because the people going to this will be much older and their knees probably hurt. Mm -hmm. But so, you're you're not getting much for an extra hundred dollars. So looking at our fees here for one ticket, uh, we have thirty eight dollars. Thirty eight for fees. So if, if you want to go to this concert, you want to have a commemorative T-shirt and better parking, mm -hmm. you're paying with 340 something dollars. And I assume it's not including possibly if you're buying it parking. through a third party vendor or somewhere else. Oh, right, right, right. Uh, we can see we can take a look at the VIP. Uh, the tier one VIP is sold out, by the way. Do you but, get a cabana like uh, the Las Vegas festivals? Let's take a look here. Um, so VIP at tier three is $439 plus Ooh. fees. Um, let's see. <clears throat> you get a VIP entry lane, VIP areas next to the two stages, VIP festival merch location, one collectible pin pack, one limited edition show tee, Extra shade and seating options. Extra shade. Special food and beverage offerings that you will pay for. You can get Miller and Miller Lite. Air-conditioned restrooms. <laughs> so that implies there's no air-conditioned restrooms for the peons, for right. the people who can only pay $200 for this. Uh, this is my favorite one. Access to all general admission areas. I'd fucking hope so, bitch. <laughs> what a deal. And finally, preferred parking. Note that preferred parking is not paid for, but it is available to you. You can use it. It's there. So uh, I have never once in my life said I need to go to Pomona. Uh, but, you know, if anybody wants to pay for my ticket, I will go to Pomona, I guess. Um, in terms of gouging, this is not the worst we've seen. No, it's just but it not, could be. It's not great. <laughs> And you know they're just going to release more things later on. They will. They will. So um, the payment plan available is a new wrinkle in all of this. I don't like the Klarnaization of our economy. To be honest with you, Jordan, it makes me a little uncomfortable. Now explain. I've I've seen that just like this past week. What is that? What is Klarna? I don't know. Uh, you don't buy a lot of shit online, do you? No. Uh, Klarna is a predatory uh, financial company that allows you to pay um, a small amount upfront for a good or service online and gives you a regular monthly payment plan to pay off the rest of it. And uh, Klarna is, is a fun thing to laugh at for a lot of folks because it shows up on sites where like you're purchasing like a $3 item. <laughs> So you could technically create a finance plan for a $3 item if you really wanted to. Uh, and another thing about these payment plans, they are on a sh strict time limit. 
Like mm-hmm. there's only a couple of weeks for you to pay this sort of thing. Mm-hmm. So they're banking on you to miss a payment. Yeah. And you know what? I don't, a bunch of, uh, you know, middle-aged punks uh, not being good for money. Yeah. I think that's a fair bet. Uh, you're, you're, you're just printing money at that point. You're just standing on the other side of the screen going, click it, click it. Yeah, we're going to get free money because they're going to forget. Because the website really does try to push you into one of these payment plans. So this this isn't, it's by design. They know something that we don't know, or maybe we assume. I I would guess that there's probably going to be a fair number of people that opt for a payment plan. You know, it's it's an extra like 35 bucks just in fees alone for everybody that does this. And then you probably capture a bunch of people who make the first payment and then aren't able to make the other two or three. So yeah, uh, it's it's a fair bet. Is it it's gross, but I mean, so is all of this live music industry bullshit. Not to be too old of an old person, but I really miss the days of, you could just go to the venue during the week and there's someone sitting in the box office and you could hand them cash for the exact price of the ticket and they hand you the ticket and that's it. Uh, Really made things a little bit uh, more straightforward, didn't it? Or even if it was like a big arena festival or a stadium, you could go to your local Pathmark or whoever that had a licensed Ticketmaster vendor inside and give them cash and they give you a ticket and that's it. You go to the show. Works for me. Um, Before we close... Before we close this show, though, I would I do want to give credit where credit is due, if that's okay with you. We should. I know that over the years, we've had a strange relationship with Mr. Chris Barnes. You know, he's even done the show and then blocked. He blocked me on Twitter, then did the show, then continued to have me blocked. Overall, kind of a negative Nancy. But he made this statement just this morning. We are proud to announce that the new Six Feet Under album cover artwork will not be AI generated. Hey, good for you, Chris. Probably because he couldn't figure out how to use it. Sure, but also if somebody who uh, values their own musical output as little as Chris Barnes does <laughs> can realize that uh, you know we don't need to further devalue it. You know, he's he's onto something that a lot of you, a lot of you jokers cannot grasp. In the cemetery, bodies go unburied, vultures pick at your AIs. Nice. Well done. Um, what do you think, man? Should we call it here? Yeah, I think this is a good place to stop. Uh, things to know. We have a Discord if you want to join that and talk a bunch of bullshit there that is available to you. Let us know and we will help you get access. Uh, we also have a Patreon where we have... Hundreds of episodes of bonus content available. By the time this episode goes live, I will probably have put up a brand new episode over there of Fantasy Label Ball. Uh, Bonus mixtapes available of the jammy jams that we are currently jamming uh, with special themes. Uh, We are on Facebook and Twitter and Blue Sky and Instagram. And... Just to let you all know, I have a handful of Toil of Hell t-shirts left. These are incredibly limited edition and that I am not printing any more of these motherfuckers. So if you want one, send me an email. Um, Let me know your size and address and all those things. I may or may not have one for you, but you can reach out and know. Uh, We also have stickers featuring our faces on them. 
Uh, Jordan, we got a new order for stickers. I'll, I'll, I'll give you that info when we get offline. I already uh, took care of it. Oh, nice. Uh, anything else that the people ought to know? Uh, people can email us, toiletofhell at gmail.com, toiletofhellradio at gmail.com. Our 500th episode is quickly coming up, and we're talking about some fun things to do with it. We'll see what we come up with. And, yeah, that's about it. All right, everybody. We'll see you next time. Listening to 66.6 FM, Radio TOVH, The Flush.